now you've opened a can of worms, Kirby. <laughs> speaking of things you do care deeply about. Yeah, speaking of drawing me off sides. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, and with me as always is the Earl of EQP, Dr. Kirby Hossaman. <laughs> How the hell are you? I'm doing doing really well, man. Doing really well. Uh, just uh, excited to be recording with you as I do each and every week. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. And as the Earl of EQP, how fortuitous that our sponsor this week is AIM Smart EQP. That is fortuitous. It really is. You know, don't you don't want to start the spring selling season without at least taking a look at what AIM Smart EQP has to offer. I mean, we're already in March. Hard to believe. And AIM Smart EQP is a great way to quickly grow your top-line sales and your bottom-line profits. When you hear Smart EQP, you might be tempted to think just in terms of paying less for products. That's certainly part of it, but not all of it. The smart part is about the training, the community, and the idea sharing, which allows you to grow your top-line sales as well as that bottom-line profitability. So it's really that unique combination of EQP buying power from uh, more than 100 of the industry's top suppliers, quality connections with many of the brightest minds in the promotional products industry, and of course, that cutting-edge training to help you grow your sales and profits past. So we have mentioned it before, not everybody's qualified to join, but if you're smart, you're focused, you're an independent distributor doing a good amount of sales, go to smarteqp.com unscripted, oops, smarteqp.com slash unscripted, I should say, mm -hmm. and get the free details on how to join that AIM Smart EQP community today. So that, again, is smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Kirby, are they going to be sorry they did? They will not be sorry they did, Bill. I didn't think so. So, Kirby, are you ready to record at a titanium level today, platinum level? I, what, what, are you, what are you feeling today? I, I, I feel like I'm going to reach for double platinum today. Wow, the rare double platinum. <laughs> I don't think we've ever achieved that on this fine broadcast. Not so yet. I want to thank you for having the courage to reach for double platinum. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have a uh, do you have a topic you want to start us off on? Yeah, I want to I want to start by drawing you directly off sides. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Van Halen, okay, let's go. Van Halen's not a hair band. Tony Romo was a good quarterback. What else? So can you? I want to talk a little bit about one of the biggest brands, I think, in the United States, certainly not the world, but certainly in the United States, that I don't know of any brand that's big and successful that does PR and marketing worse, and that's the NFL. Okay. Um, so you and I have talked a little bit about this. Uh, I think it feels like every single time the NFL is in any semblance of news, it's for something poor. Um, it's risen to the top of the the sports um, uh, mountaintop. It's you mm -hmm. know the most popular sport in the United States for sure. But man, it just seems like every single time something is happening with the NFL, it's not good. Whether it's concussions, whether it's kneeling, whether it's um, suspending the most popular player for four games because he had mushy footballs, right? And currently. Uh, the the uh, league is essentially, I don't know if they're fining Jerry Jones. They are, you know, essentially asking him to pay back because he sued his own league. 
And of course, and this is my favorite part, he is going to go in front of the appeal committee, which is Roger Goodell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The entirety of how they handle situations like this and any other are really funny to me. And I just wanted your take on it. Well, Kirby, I'm glad you asked. Um, (laughs) So I was on a business trip this week and, and at lunch. And of course, being the United States, there's not a restaurant that doesn't have TVs in it. Yep. And I saw on the crawl on the generic sports network that was on said TV that uh, the NFL was demanding uh, a little over $2 million to cover the legal fees for Jerry uh, kind of, you know, being Jerry, (laughs) essentially. And it's amazing, you know, 10 years ago, the NFL could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. No matter what they did, everything they touched turned to gold. And I, I kind of liken the NFL to the Roman Empire. Mm. Nobody thought the Roman Empire could fall. And it just feels like no matter what the NFL does, and I don't know if it's leadership, I, I think Goodell is certainly a huge part of what's wrong with the NFL. He just can't seem to get out of his own way. I don't think he's a bad human being by any stretch of the imagination. I don't even know him. But it, it just seems like no matter what he does, it's wrong. His instincts seem to be wrong. Yeah. You know, there are, there are people whose instincts seem to be right, and there's people whose instincts seem to be wrong, and his seem to be wrong. I, I, if they wanted to, I don't think it's a fine. I think it's more of a, almost a, a lawsuit threatening thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I took from it. And that stuff can be taken care of very quietly behind closed doors. Yeah. And they don't seem to know how to do that. Yeah. I guess that's my, uh, and again, this is not to jump into a sports uh, topic, but it, I really do view this as a branding issue because right. it seems like every a large organization like this, you know, they do have to be mindful of um, leadership and they have to be mindful of what the topics are. And right now, I mean, it's like every single time, whether it's domestic violence or concussions or whatever. And I think, you know, the future uh, people who are going to participate in this league their parents are making decisions today, and if I were making those decisions, I, I just don't think they're doing a great job of selling their brand. If we were having this kind of issue within the promotional products industry, man, we'd be working hard to take a look at leadership. We'd be looking hard to make different decisions because you know organizations well, have to be mindful of that. No, no question. But I think we all, and myself included, we lose sight of the fact Roger Goodell has one main job, and it's not to what he would call protect the shield, right? He always says that phrase, I'm protecting the shield and all that, because his big thing was uh, player responsibility and, and punishments and all that, you know, when, when players screwed up. That's not his job. He's paid to make money for the owners. So, and, and that's, and he does that exceptionally well. Now, Paul Tagliabue did that well too, mm-hmm. but he just wasn't a ding dong in terms of public relations <laughs> part of it. So, you know, but Goodell has put a lot more money into those owners' pockets. I mean, look at the stadiums they're building. They're building billion-dollar stadiums now. I mean, Jerry certainly built the first billion-dollar stadium, but what they're building out in L.A. is pretty magnificent from all I've heard. And, you know, they just renegotiated the Thursday night football contracts, a property that nobody likes. The, <laughs> yeah. games are, the games are all, for the most part, pretty bad. Yeah, unwatchable. And, and unwatchable, and yet they got more money out of the networks. Mm-hmm. So... We can sit here and say he's failing in the public relations game, and he is, but it still doesn't change the fact that they're making more money today than they were yesterday. Yeah. 
and that's really what his job is to do is to make money. So I don't disagree with you, you know, from a, from a fan's perspective, it, the NFL can't do anything right. But for those 32 owners or 31 owners in, in the Packers, which is a holding company, but for those owners that sit in that boardroom every year and laugh as they light cigars with hundred dollar bills, <laughs> he's doing a great job. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I think though you, if you're looking at short term, I agree with you. I think yeah. long term viability does start to come into play. So what's it, it does? Yeah. It does. All right. So I'm going to bring us back to the industry, Kirby. Yep. Back to the industry. I got my cheesy radio voice on there for a second. <laughs> so last week we spoke about. Um, what was the worst retail brand in promo? You remember that? We, yes. we talked about that. Now, I wanted, to, I wanted to actually shift that conversation a little bit. I, I thought, boy, that was a really good fill-in-the-blank question. But I think there's more substance there in terms of an actual topic that probably is a little more top of mind to us as an industry. I want to know what your thoughts are on the importance of retail brands mm. in our industry. Especially coming from your perspective as a distributor. Yeah, no, actually, that's um, that's a great topic. I uh, I like the, you know, I think it's interesting in the sense that it depends on your um, client base, right? Right. Like, I think in some way, you know, early on, retail brands, and I'm going to use Nike as an example. Nike as an example, it it is a great way to co-brand for our clients, right? Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything, though, what's what I feel like is shifting, and not only the importance of um, retail and promo, but I think it's also legitimizing the industry to a degree. What, one of the mm-hmm. things that we've talked about before is that I think so many times we um, have a little bit of an inferiority complex as an industry, um, right. and what I think as we grow and as we show, you know, the power of our industry together. You know, retail brands are going, huh? We we want to be, we want to get a piece of that <laughs> because right. it is it is a big thing. And so I think two things. It's what's cool is I think for a long time the retail brands we've looked at it and gone, hey guys, like us, like us, like us on the promo side. And now I think because we're getting to, you know, bigger and more powerful and more legitimate as a marketing advertising I right. th- medium, I think that uh, retail brands are starting to go, hey, wait a second. We want to hop on that train. And so I think it's kind of twofold. And I don't know that that's what you asked me, but I, that is what I think of. I'm like, hey, that's the reason that that uh, we talked about Under Armour last week. They were late to jumping in. That's the right. reason I think that's one of the mistakes they made. Yeti, that was their big mistake. Nike's been in here for a long time. And so not only do brands value the Nike, but they see that other people or other brands are utilizing it. Does right. that make sense? No, it does. And, and I think, uh, to your point, I think retail brands are more important today than they ever have been Yeah. Uh, in terms of what we do. You know, there used to be a lot of companies that entered our industry, uh, legitimate retail companies, and they would have the, we're the magic line or we're the upfront line or whatever they wanted to call themselves because it was almost an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. That they would sell their products um, through corporate markets, which right. I always like calling the promotional products industry, by the way. Yeah. Um, they, they were embarrassed to sell it through corporate markets. And now, like you said, they do see the value in it. And it's not just value. It's it's really helps build the brand. Right. Right. And then you look at a company like Oregadio, who's such a great case study in so many ways in our industry because of what they do and how they do it. But you look at how Oregadio... They came to our industry 
and they are now establishing a retail brand. They're doing it backwards yeah. than everybody else has done it. And it's a it's a phenomenal thing. And so for distributors who get upset that, for example, an Origadio box in says, you know, made by Origadio or a uh, another, you know, a backpack says Origadio on it. It's no different than if your T-shirt or a, a golf shirt said Nike yeah, or no. Puma or Under Armour or whatever. There's value to having that in your arsenal. And so, you know, retail brands are more important than ever. And I would almost encourage every, well, if you look, look at uh, PCNA, look at all the brands they co-brand with now. Yeah. Right. They, and this, it, and same thing with Gemline and a lot of others. And I would think if I'm a supplier, the first thing I would do is either try to find some of those uh, companies that aren't in promo and do some sort of uh, strategic alliance with them or if I have some unique products, figure out how to take them retail. Yeah, no. To I, build that retail brand. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, again, like you, what you said, I think what Origadio is doing is super interesting. Um, and that's not a surprise. I think they're, they're no. innovative thinkers. Um, but I like the idea. And I, I think, for, and again, this is just me, I like the brands that have the mix. Right. right. When I say brands, I guess I mean suppliers. Like right. I, uh, so I like the the suppliers that, they, okay, they have the retail brand, but then they have sort of maybe they have their own line and there's a retail com like design component, component to it right. as well. Yeah. Uh, and then you give sort of uh, customers the best of both worlds. And so I, th I think that's really important. No, I do too. All right, Kirby. I'm sure you have another topic for us as we strive for that double platinum level you spoke so eloquently about earlier. Yeah, so this is very industry related. You know, uh, this is the time of year that I start looking around for events to go to both inside and outside of the industry. And uh, one of the ones that you and I are both going to is the, you know, obviously we've been to SKUCon, but SKU Camp is coming up. So it is coming up. I, and it's, it's, you know, coming up in the fall. Is it too soon for me to get excited about this? Uh, absolutely not. I think it's one of those, you know, I, I've, it's funny you say this. So, um, and I'll take it to an example outside our industry. Metallica announced their North American tour. <laughs> I saw that. And tickets go on sale, I think, Friday mm -hmm. for the show, at least the show I would go to here in Nashville, which is January 24th of next year. <laughs> and I don't remember tickets ever being on sale so early for concerts before. And, and so I'm already excited about going. I haven't seen them in a while. And so you take that to your example of SKU Camp. No, I, I think you know, one of the great things Common SKU has done with their destination-based education, whether it's SKUCon, which they've done certainly in, in Vegas for five years, and they did a SKUCon in Chicago a couple years ago, and now SKU Camp. They've done a really great job of mastering how to build excitement for an event. Yeah. It's the, well, I bet you'd love to know where it is. Here are the dates. <laughs> yeah. But you don't know where it's at. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, they yeah. do They do a, a phenomenal job. But it, I think part of it is the buildup, but part of it is they have their own vibe uh, from an event perspective. They have speakers that uh, hopefully are pretty good. And, and actually, Absolutely. it's it's funny, you know, obviously, in the interest of full disclosure, you know, you and I are going to be uh, presenters there. But I'm what I'm also excited about is they have Mike McCallowitz coming as a speaker, yep. who's one of my favorite authors. And I love mm -hmm. the mix of having inside and outside of the industry voice. Voices. That's that's also one of the things I'm excited about. Yeah, no question, and I, it's very exciting. I think you know, again, like the, they've done a nice build up. It's in New Orleans this year, and, and 
yeah, I can't believe you said New Orleans. It's pronounced Nolens, but anyway, <laughs> it's in Nolens this year. Okay, and you know that's an exciting city. It's a great time of year to have it. It's right at the end of, of September and early October, and again, I think they've done a good job in building that excitement up. Yeah. And so because of that, yeah, no, you are not wrong to be excited about Skew Camp, sir. Good, good. Okay. Because like I literally, as I was coming up with topics, I'm like, is it weird that I want to talk about something that's like six, eight months away? <laughs> no. No. So I got a quick one for you. Okay. Um, it just, I, I again, we talk about being tone deaf and something happened in our industry this week that uh, I just wanted to touch on. So once again, private equity has touched the world of promo as Zorch, which is a top 40 distributor based in Chicago, was acquired by private equity um, Satori Capital. And this, this is a trend that's been going on for almost 16 years, back when uh, Halo was purchased out of bankruptcy by uh, HIG. Mm-hmm. And I think HIG owns, I can't remember who they own right now, but they own, they own uh, a supplier, I can't remember off the top of my head. But more and more, it's very clear that private equity is looking at promotional products as a very attractive place to park your money, at least for a short period of time. Yeah. How do you think that's actually impacting the industry, though, from a sales perspective or from a personnel perspective? What What do you think about when you see stuff like that? You know, I, I it's hard to say. Uh, and so I think I'm going to be speaking from a little bit of ignorance here. But I, so I kind of think it's interesting. And I actually draw some comparison to the idea of retail um, mm-hmm. being interested in marrying up with the promo world. I think that uh, private equity is similar. Uh, right. They're starting to see the value of our industry and the power mm-hmm. of what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, in in small doses, I think it's really good um, because okay. I think that companies that are well-funded and well-run and represent the industry well are good mm-hmm. for the promo world. Um, we should obviously... Um, but I think, you know, again, it needs to be a diverse group of companies and there are, there are still going to be independents. There's still going to be small distributors and mid-sized distributors. But I think some of those larger ones that are extremely well-funded and then hopefully well-run, well, those Mm -hmm. represent the industry well. So that, that's sort of my take on that. Yeah. I don't, I I think actually it's a, it's a testament to the power of our industry when certainly people much smarter than I, I am and certainly with a lot more money than I have. (laughs) think that this is a good investment right it's it's the old ef hutton thing when you know when ef hutton talks people listen that private equity money those are some very smart people they don't gamble yeah it is not a gamble for them to get involved with a a halo or a a zorch or whatever supplier it might be so i don't think it's bad for the industry but i do think it bears watching because what ends up happening when those private equity companies get involved you know they're involved to make money that's the old that's it that's yeah. it. And usually they'll they'll hold on to a property for three to five years before they flip it and, and make their money. And then it'll be another private equity firm that mm-hmm. will do the same thing. So always bears watching, I think. Always yeah. bears some watching. Yeah, and you know who also bears some watching, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? It'd be the good people at Gold Star Pen. You know, one of my favorite things about Gold Star, and they are definitely a, run by a bunch of good time player people. <laughs> They are on trend with both their decoration and style. Yeah. You know, you and I are both fans of the Gold Star Pen. We've we've talked uh, about the Ever Smooth Ink, and and I, every time I give out an unscripted pen that happens to be powered by pumpkin spice, 
by the way. <laughs> People love the pen because it's at Eversmoothie, but they're also leaders in trending styles and colors and textures and de- decorations. They have rubberized textures, the frosted t- translucent materials, and the mirrored laser engraving. What they're doing to kind of shake up the writing instruments portion of our industry, pretty exciting, especially when you consider they have the largest selection of full-color writing instruments that include that 360-degree wrap and full-color metal. And my favorite thing with them, they make it simple. Their whole theme is is simplicity. And simple doesn't mean bad, by the way. Simple is yeah. good. It's one of the hardest things to be in the world is, is do things easily, make them simple for your customers. And they do that because they have that all-inclusive pricing, free of extra charges, setup fees, decoration costs. It's really more in line of, hey, here's what I here's what I expect to pay, and that's what I have to pay. There's no surprises. So if you want to learn more and get a free Simplicity Starter Kit, and frankly, if you don't, I don't even know if she'd be listening, <laughs> but you want to get that free Simplicity Starter Kit, go to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. We know they won't be sorry they did because you're getting a free Simplicity Starter Kit. Absolutely. So go ahead and hit hit pause on your button right now. Go to goldstarpens.com unscripted in the browser of your choosing as long as it's not Netscape. <laughs> and go ahead and get that free Simplicity Starter Kit. When you're done, go ahead and click play because we're about to play fill in the blank. <laughs> wow, that was a little Casey Kasem right there. <laughs> All right, Kirby. <laughs> All right, so I've got a fill in the blank for you, sir. Okay. The first beer brand i'm not asking your age of this sir so we can keep that quiet the first beer you drank was bush light nice yeah so it was funny everybody always talks about natty light i actually didn't jump into the natty light train until college but uh the the uh beer of choice in the area where i was drinking in the group i was drinking would have been at the time you were drinking at the time would have been bush light okay yeah so you're going to go in on Bush. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So we're in the awards and recognition business, right? So what, As it turns out, Kirby, we are. Awesome. So the award that you have received that you are most proud of is? I'm going to have to say that uh, Pyramid Award we got two months ago for nice. Unscripted. Nice. Um, definitely. You know, something that really... You know, I think we've told the story before, but I can tell a 30-second version. It was born out of conversations you and I were having on the phone. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was you. I don't remember if it was me, and it doesn't matter. But we, we kind of decided it would be kind of cool to record this. Mm-hmm. And uh, for it to blossom the way it has, I think we're at 87 or 88 episodes now, which which crazy. makes me crazy. It's insane. But the way it's blossomed now, and it's uh, it's it's truly an honor to be recognized for for that, and the fact that I get to share that with you, someone I like and respect and care for so much, makes it all the better. That's so, pretty cool. And, and you know, absolutely, what? it's worth mentioning. I know I'm going a little bit off. It's it's worth mentioning to thank Joel uh, for yes. a Joel for kind of taking a chance on this because we kind of pitched this to him without you know sight unseen and said, hey, we're going to do this. Yep. What, what do you think? And he's like. Yeah, sure. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, and that's I'll, I'll tell you that's one of the great things about Joel. He's very easygoing, and he'll he'll try anything once. I mean, yeah. at the bottom, at the end of the day, he's a bottom line businessman, and it's either working for him or not. But we even talked about it this week how you know unscripted is is maybe the signature property for what we do at Promo Corner in terms of content. And, that's awesome. And it it really is. So, and that's a I thank you for 
uh, doing this fine platinum level broadcast <laughs> with me. And again, that's available only at promocorner.com <laughs> in the promo journal section every Friday morning. Cool. All right, Kirby. Weather's starting to get a little warmer. We all know how you bitch and moan about <laughs> cold weather. Yes, I do. So in warmer weather, it's a weekend evening. You prefer to eat inside or outside? Oh, I would definitely prefer to eat outside. Uh, okay. So yeah, when I think of summer, spring, whatever, I, I am. I think that's one of the reasons I don't like winter so much. Right? Is that I I like being outside, but I mm-hmm. don't like being cold. And so yeah, if I can barbecue, uh, have mm-hmm. a, have a, a cold beer of my choosing, and then mm-hmm. have some steaks, sit outside and eat. Absolutely, I'm an outside eating guy. Okay, outside eating it is al fresco for Kirby Hossaman and family. <laughs> cool. Okay, so this is so you're a person who I think I think of as a person who cares a, a lot about many things. Um, yes. But what's one thing that everyone seems to care about that mm. you don't? What we're having for dinner. Um, it is like the honest conversation we have every night in my house, what we're having for dinner. And I just don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I know that's not really what you were looking no, for, but it's honestly what popped into my mind. Yep. It's, it's the daily conversation of what we're having for dinner. And I usually have to say something like, I'm telling you I don't care because it means I don't care. Yeah. I truly don't care. Um, most nights, food is just sustenance for me. As much as I love food, unless I'm cooking, unless I'm creating, I really don't care what we eat. Um, I would say if I really answer your question, I think the way you intended, it's awards shows this time of year. I don't care who is wearing what on the red carpet. Okay, can, I don't care. Okay, can I ask you my very next fill in the blank question? You may. The Oscars are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> the best picture will go to. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Uh, I don't care. The best picture is is a subjective thing. I, I I hate so as a rule, I don't like art being judged. Okay. And movie making is an art, music is an art. I, I think it's fine to recognize uh movies and things like that, but I just don't care because you might think this person should win best actress, and I might think that person should win best actress. And who is to say? Right. There's no real metric for that. It's like the whole reason I can't stand the idea of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now you've opened a can of worms, Kirby. <laughs> speaking of things you do care deeply about. Yeah, speaking of drawing me off sides. <laughs> no, it, it's you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame drives me absolutely batshit nuts because it's art. It's art. It's it's one thing to say, let's have a rock and roll museum. That's fantastic, right? I'd love to see guitars from bands I like or don't even know about or, you know, outfits, things like that. I love that type of thing. But to say, yes, you're a Hall of Famer now in rock and roll, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, the fact that, and, and I know all things go back to Van Halen. <laughs> but <right>. honestly, <laughs> but honestly... Can you believe Van Halen did not get in on their first year of eligibility? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Kiss didn't get in on their first year of eligibility. Was Kiss the best band ever? No, absolutely not. But they inspired a generation of kids because they were cool. Mm-hmm. They inspired a generation of kids to pick up an instrument and learn how to play music. Yep. Eddie Van Halen changed the way guitar was played for an entire generation. So I don't understand why that all this that's not cool enough. Let's get 
um, you know, a, a group like Green Day in on the first year of eligibility. And that's not to say they don't deserve to be in, but can you say Green Day is more influential than Van Halen or Kiss? I can't. Yeah. Or better. So, Kirby, I don't give a crap about the Oscars. Nothing. Okay. I don't like the pre-show. I don't like the during the show. Yeah. I don't like the post-show. I don't like all the... Uh, Political rants that tend to go on at the shows. Yep. So aren't you sorry you asked that fill in the blank, Kirby? Not at all. I just think it was hilarious that that was literally my next question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got one for you. Okay. The movie or TV character that you would want to actually be is? The movie or TV character I would actually want to be is? Yeah. Um, was it Jack Bauer from 24? All right. Yeah, I think, uh, it, 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 or you know, it's like somebody like that. I, I think it's mm-hmm. because I'm so not that, right? I'm not the right. badass guy at all. Uh, so the idea of uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible or Jack Reacher or um, mm-hmm. you know that that kind of Jack Bauer character, I, yep. I so admire those kind of people because I think it's because it's the thing I'm most insecure about. <laughs> Got it. No, that's a good one. I'm going to follow it up with one more since okay. you did back-to-back. Yeah, for sure. Kirby, the funniest comedian of all time is? Oh, man. The funniest comedian of all time. Oh, see, this is one of those struggles because I feel like no matter what I say, it's going to be the wrong answer for you. Um, no, not a, Kirby, don't think that at all. Okay. So George Carlin comes to wrong! mind. Wrong! <laughs> Did not know that was coming at all. Yeah, no, nobody saw that train coming <laughs> yeah. down the, the t- tunnel. You know, it's so funny because I love comedians. I mm-hmm. struggle with the idea of picking one because I like right I now I love Chad Daniels. I love Bill mm-hmm. Burr. I like mm-hmm. guys who are a little bit more edgy. Sam mm-hmm. Kinison actually comes to mind as well. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Um, and Carlin's a great one too, by yeah. the way. Uh, so so I don't know if I can pick one. Uh, you know, before all the scandals, I thought Cosby was amazing. So I, you know. There's a right. lot of really great comedians, so hard to, right. hard to narrow that one down. Sorry. It, it is hard to narrow it down, but you know what's hard not to narrow down, Kirby? What's that? The value that AIM Smart EQP offers their members. So we've talked about it before. I'm not going to belabor the point too much, but you know, if you're a smart, focused, independent distributor doing a reasonable, reasonable amount of sales, go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Get the details on how to join that AIM Smart EQP community. It's really a great community of movers and shakers. David Blaze, who we've talked about on this podcast, very deeply involved in that. You get a lot of uh, training from him. So really, stop stop the podcast now. Go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. In fact, you should have two browsers open. One for Gold Star Pens and one right. for smarteqp.com. And uh, go, go, but go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted and get the details on how to join that AIM Smart EQP uh, community today. Kirby, as always, it's been an honor and a pleasure to speak to the captain of Coshocton, Ohio. <laughs> it's great to talk to you, man. All right, we're out. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.